0: You are, of course, listening to me, Cherie, as the other women here on Soho Radio. We're going back to back for the next two hours. And this afternoon, I will be joined by special guest, Amanda Wilkinson of Glaswegian power pop pair fame, bossy love. We caught up on the blower earlier this week uh, about everything from crafting a studio to crying in the vocal booth. And of course, that Say Award long list nomination. But to ease us into my chat with Amanda, we're going to have an Aussie seg um, And also, just as an excuse to hark back to simple times in my early 20s, gorging on Be Your Own Pet Tracks be your own pets, but the greats there from mighty Brisbane uh, seamlessly leading to this afternoon's special guests as I um, spoke to Amanda Wilkinson the Australian vocalist and songwriter previously of Operator Please fame who now performs alongside Scottish producer songwriter and drummer John Bailey Jr. in Bossy Love. Uh, Now their debut Me and You has been shortlisted for this year's Scottish Album of the Year Awards which takes place at the end of the month so I thought it'd be a good chance to speak to Amanda about forming Bossy Love and whether she had any idea at their first chance encounter that it would lead to making music together like this.
1: Oh, God, I didn't know that it would lead to making music, but I knew that I would be friends with him. Yeah. So we met, th- I think it was 2008. It was, I'm pretty sure it was like March or February. It was very early because it was still uh, like freezing cold winter. So it's 2008, and we had just gotten the support slot for the Futureheads UK tour. And we turn up, and our first show is at Fat Sam's in Dundee, and uh, Dananana and Road were on the bill. And, you know, I had read loads of NME reviews and everything about this band being, like, chaotic, uh, you know, really out there, rambunctious. And so I was, like, a little bit nervous to meet them because I was like oh there's six of them what's this going to be like you know they're going to be nice they're going to be mean and all of them were like the nicest people I've ever met and just like super hyperactive and so when you've been hanging out with your own band for like years on tour and you're like you know you know everything you know about them and you can get sick of each other and so having another band in the room was just like oh my god somebody else to talk to um and so, yeah, I kind of just we just started talking, everybody was super friendly, and uh i i I got along with John the most. he was the most hype, and I was also like the most hype for my band hyperactive <laughs> and um yeah, it was like we'd been friends after two hours. it was like we'd been we'd known each other for like you know a while and uh yeah, and so we did, like exchange numbers and stuff, and so I would visit he would come to the shows that i was playing in scotland and i would go to their shows that they were playing anywhere else and this was when i still lived in australia so um and they became quite a big deal in australia because they signed to a, a record label called due process and they were like the cool indie label they were like the xl records of australia so every time he would come over to australia i would go to a show and then vice versa when i played in scotland he would come to the shows and we just kind of hung out like that and like i knew he was he was he was also a part of a collective called Dolvieno mm. which was like a, a dance collective they did loads of remixes and they played like huge venues and stuff um and so they had a few tracks and he was like hey uh do you want to sing on one of these tracks And so we used to just swap demos back and forth and I used to record like in a, I used to record in my cupboard um, and send him the vocal files. And that's how we used to like record and we first started collaborating. Yeah, I didn't realise that it would stretch this long and I didn't know that he would be like a long time collaborator or a bandmate, you know. If you've seen the
0: band perform live, I had the... um fortune to see them at last year's Great Escape Festival down in the kind of sweaty underbelly of Comedia, you'll know that it's a fairly energetic live show primarily for Amanda because of course John's kind of thrashing away on the skins. Uh, How does she psych herself up for that? Where does all that energy come from?
1: You know, lots of people can talk about having like a method for it, but I don't really have a method. All I can all I can say is that it's almost like I'm channeling energy from somewhere and then I'm putting it out into the room. I guess also because of this, the, the kind of music that it is, it's like we wanted to make music that kind of, you know, you feel good to, but still have like meaningful lyrics and stuff. That's, you know. So the juxtaposition between like a a cool, like kind of boppy track, but then also really melancholy lyrics is always something that I've done. There's always like a style that I've written in, I don't know why, but um, yeah, I guess I just go in there. And also you feed so much of the energy of the room as well. Um, And when it's really good, it just, it's just like it's rebounding back and forth between the crowd and stage. I guess my main objective when I'm out there is to deliver these songs and also to connect with everybody in the room
0: another example of that connection is obviously through bossy Love's songwriting and i wanted to talk to amanda a bit more about the creation of me and you as it has spanned quite a few years in its creation and saw numerous singles unleashed before it finally made it out into the world i wondered whether it was difficult working through those demos and the back catalogue of songs uh, to pull together the final 12 that made the release
1: i guess the timeline of it is i kind of ran away from australia because i got my heartbroken and then the timeline of the record runs through the timeline of my emotions, my 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 breakdown, me at my darkest point, and then kind of getting back up again and working through it. So yeah, the whole record is pretty much a timeline of of that time for me and my emotion through that. And then finding John and Ollie. Yeah. And yeah, it's pretty much a storybook of the last kind of six years, seven years of, of my life and our lives. To pull that record together,
0: um, it was actually quite a feat. And I read somewhere that John had explained to another magazine that they actually built the recording studio that birthed the debut. I was curious to know if that was right or some kind of mad fallacy.
1: You know, John was a smart one and he's just like, no, listen, we should build a studio so that we have somewhere to work and do our work. And then we don't have to pay other people to, uh, you know, to use their studio because it's expensive. And like, you know, bands, most bands don't have money <laughs> these days. We have got kicked out of our first studio because we were too loud and everybody was complaining about us. And so then we were like, okay, we need to find somewhere else. And we're lucky enough to find somewhere, which was, uh, it was more an industrial area. And so, yeah, it's a studio full and functioning in Scotland. It's called Good Rooms, Glasgow. Um, And yeah, so John works out of there most days of the week. And then we have an engineer that also works out of there. And then another musician who works out of there too.
0: Alongside their ability to craft massive pop jams, it's obviously testament to that studio that the record has been long-listed for the Say Awards this year, which annually celebrates, promotes and rewards the most outstanding Scottish albums of the past year. Now for 2019, that was a record-breaking 362 album entrance. So how did it feel that me and you made it through to the next stage?
1: i don't think you ever expect anything like that when you're (laughs) when you're a musician or in a band like i i think you you kind of you hope (laughs) but um yeah totally completely chuffed um and the the quality of records in that top 20 is insane do you know i used to be so scared of kind of opening up and really laying by like my soul on the line lyrically um I used to like hide lots of stuff in metaphors so it was open to interpretation but do you know when I met John he was like no 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 people want to know who you are and he kind of like he encouraged me to be brave enough to kind of just be really real and frank and kind of cut right to cut right to the core of it um which I'd never ever been comfortable enough before with anybody else with any other bandmate to do and the fact that he's a producer as well, it was just kind of the perfect relationship. When we're recording in the booth, he's always like, okay, so what did you feel? Like we would have a conversation before I went into the vocal booth and it would be him. He would ask me a bunch of questions like, what did you feel when you wrote this? And then he was like, okay, now go there when you're singing. I mean, we had takes where like I was crying. Do you know, just when you actually stand in that energy of what you're writing, yeah there was takes when i was like we had to stop and actually in one of the songs you can hear that i'm like not hyperventilating but i'm like trying to get air because i'm crying it's insane to put that out and feel you know i felt like vulnerable obviously and and to even performing and then putting that out and then having people like respond positively to it and feel something from it i think is is the one thing that you want so yeah i couldn't be more excited
0: with all the talk of the record um it would be mad not to play out with the track and uh, it turns out that amanda has moved past kind of shadowing her feelings around uh, certain subjects in her songwriting and um i've opted for this sultry synth collab with uh, Jared black who john also performs with in fellow scots indie types babe mainly for the high note let's be honest i wondered if amanda wanted to tell us a bit more about the track before we give it a spin
1: Alright, so Foreign Lover was like, I'm not gonna say it's a Brexit answer, but um, uh, it was kind of like finished and written around the time when uh, Brexit happened and my boyfriend was gonna have to move back to Copenhagen. (laughs) And so, yeah, I wrote Foreign Lover. John was like, hey, it'd be really cool if we got somebody on the second verse and who better than Jared, who has has a voice of an angel.
0: A huge thanks to my special guest, Amanda Wilkinson from Bossy Love. Uh, the band are nominated for this year's Say Awards. The final album will be chosen by music fans in a 72-hour online public vote, which opens uh, next week, in fact, 5th to the 7th of October. You can go online, you can vote, sayaward.com. There's nothing but peer pressure here. <laughs> it's an excellent, excellent record, so do do take a listen to the full thing. If I could have dedicated a full hour to it, I would.